It's taken from Ephesians 5, 15 to 20. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Thank you, Ali, and thank you, music group. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. John chapter 6, reading from the 51st verse. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And Lord Jesus Christ, take my words and use them for your glory. Take my words so that your people hear you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please be seated? The word or the story of how King Solomon acquired wisdom still entrances all who hear it. At least it does me every time I hear it and maybe those who hear it for the first time. As you heard at the beginning of the service in that reading from 1 Kings chapter 2, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and God said to the young king, ask what I should give you. And he didn't ask for the normal things that we, most of us would ask for riches, for health. No. Solomon answered, give your servant therefore an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. The Bible says, it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life, or riches, 
or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor all your life. No other king shall compare with you. And such was the wisdom that God gave to Solomon. He still remains famous for his wise judgments. In probably the most famous judgment, which you can see depicted in the National Gallery and many other galleries around the world, two women argued over a baby boy, each claiming to be the mother. Solomon ordered that the baby be cut in two and that half be given to each woman. The first woman agreed, but the real mother at once pleaded that the child be given to the other woman. And Solomon had the wisdom, whether you call it empathetic, emotional, whatever you call it, he had the wisdom to see that the compassionate woman was the mother and gave the boy to her. Soon all Israel heard about this judicial decision and the people recognized that the wisdom of God was within Solomon. And that reputation spread not just in Israel but to other lands, even as far as Sheba, which might have been in Arabia or modern-day Ethiopia, we don't know. All we know is that the queen of Sheba traveled to see Solomon's glory and riches and to test the depth of his wisdom. And she was so impressed, so overcome with his wisdom and the prosperity of Israel that she praised Jehovah, Yahweh, for putting such a wise king on the throne. And indeed, with God's blessing, Solomon's rule was the most prosperous and peaceful in the history of ancient Israel. Yet, alas, sadly... Solomon failed to continue acting in harmony with God's wisdom. He ignored God's command and he married hundreds of women, including many who worshipped foreign gods. Gradually, his wives turned his heart away from God to the worship of idols. And Jehovah told Solomon that part of the kingdom would be ripped away from him. Only a portion would remain with his family, God said, for the sake of David, his father. Despite Solomon's failure, Jehovah, Yahweh, remained loyal to his kingdom covenant with David. It's a great story. Go back and read it in the Bible this afternoon. It's a great story, if ultimately sobering, as the gaining of wisdom did not ultimately prevent Solomon's disobedience to God. We shouldn't be surprised. That was the sin of Lucifer, that wonderful angel created by God. Pride and arrogance came in, and again Lucifer fell from grace. Yet what came to me as I pondered over the various scriptures set for today was a revelation which I'm still struggling to grasp with, Maybe it's not been a revelation to you, but to me it was. Remember that God in his goodness 
bless the son of David, Solomon, with wisdom, divine wisdom. What if I were to say to you that God has given you the same possibility also? A wise and discerning mind. That you too have access to God's wisdom in ways you cannot even begin to comprehend, to understand. In ways that, indeed, the church is only now beginning to wake up to. Now, of course, God's wisdom can't be superseded. You are never going to be wiser than Solomon. God promised Solomon that no one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. Yet the amazing reality is that you still have access to God's extraordinary wisdom in ways that God is now urging us, the church, to rediscover. How do we access this wisdom? Our reading from Ephesians tells us, understand what the will of the Lord is. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't get drunk on wine. Be filled with the Spirit. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, is what he's saying. Wisdom is gained as we receive the Holy Spirit, as we begin to walk by the Spirit, as we purpose to live by the Spirit. Remember what Jesus said in John 7. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For us yet, the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus is the giver of the Spirit. He gives his Spirit to us, his followers, as another counselor. Described as Paracletus in the Greek, one who's called alongside to walk with you, to walk with me. We had sung a song earlier, not alone, we don't stand alone in the fire. When the waters come, because there's another standing next to us. That's what this is about. The Paracletus stands next to us, one who is called alongside. And the Spirit is described as Jesus' gifts to you and to me, his followers, to empower and enable us to live in obedience after Jesus has returned to the Father. So filling ourselves with the Spirit is a crucial part of how Jesus feeds us with himself as the bread of life. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. And some of you will know, that's why he said in John 16, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper 
will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. But the helper, he continues in John 14, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. How does all this relate to receiving God's wisdom? Well, the Spirit, as you remember, embodies God's wisdom right at the beginning of creation. If you go back to Genesis 1, the Spirit hovered. And it was the Spirit's wisdom that created the earth. The Spirit embodies God's wisdom, is God's wisdom. And Isaiah describes it like this in Isaiah 11. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And those of you who've been confirmed will know the bishops still use that in the confirmation prayer when they confirm the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might. Yet the astounding thing is that what David had to ask the Lord for, what Solomon, sorry, had to ask the Lord for, is given us a gift when we turn to Jesus. In Acts 2, Peter says to the crowd, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So repent, be baptized, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have received the gift of the Holy Spirit if you've invited Jesus into your life. But you might think you've not received the Holy Spirit, you've got no tangible evidence of it, or you want more. You've tasted, but you want more. What do you do? You simply ask. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We had a seniors tea party in here on July the 28th. And what made the tea for me wasn't the cake or the sandwich. In fact, I wasn't eating on that day. much (laughs) but what made my day was one of the seniors coming up to me afterwards who's 88 and she said she'd been watching our service online on the computer but I was impressed by that (laughs) to begin with um, uh, because she manages to watch it on a computer or iPad at home but she said she was watching this service and I was speaking she could hear me speaking in tongues And she asked God, as she watched it, for her to speak in tongues. And it happened. She started speaking in tongues, watching our service online. It was amazing. Such is the mercy, the goodness of God. And I know that she shared it with others, because it's blown her mind. She shared it with Malcolm. Malcolm was telling me before the service. But that is what God wants to do for every believer. Do we want him? 
Are we hungry and desperate for him? Have we even asked? Lord, she asked, God, I want to speak in tongues. She asked and she received. And the mercy of God wants to give us all the wisdom we need to empower and enable us to live in obedience to God. I've had the privilege of being taken aside by several people recently who've been feeling distance from God, maybe because of the pandemic or questioning God's goodness, questioning God's power, what's going on in our world. Yet we worship this powerful, omnipotent, omniscient God. What's going on? And they've just taken me aside because they felt their faith flagging or not being used. And I have reminded them time and time again, at least three times in the last month, I reminded them they have the most amazing tool at their disposal, which is to speak in tongues. Because the three individuals had that gift. And I said, allow the Spirit of God to pray through you for yourself and provide the wisdom you need, the assurance, the confidence that he is with you he is the another standing next to you in the fire because Paul wrote these words in Romans 8 likewise the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words and you release the spirit to pray to speak in tongues then the spirit knows what to pray that your conscious mind doesn't know of. In fact, when you're tired, when you're really at your wit's end, that's a good time. Just allow the spirit of God to intercede for yourself. And from my understanding, apparently, that's the only time the devil doesn't know what's going on. When you pray, allow the spirit of God to pray with, within you, not using your conscious mind as such. Indeed, as the disciple John says in 1 John chapter 2, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. John's saying that the Spirit you have no need for anyone to teach, for me to teach you, because the Spirit is within you. And as you allow His anointing to soak you daily, to fill you, abide in Him. You abide in Jesus when you fill yourself with His body as the bread of life, when you do not quench the Spirit. So if this is you today, feeling distance from God, feeling unsure of his goodness, feeling unsure of his sovereignty in our world, feeling unsure of God's purpose for your life. Don't just accept the lies of the enemy. Don't just lean back and say, woe is me. Pray if you've got that gift. Pray in tongues. And if you haven't got that gift, ask for it. Come forward for prayer. Meet other Christians. And ask them to pray with you. Ask me to to meet with you. Use every tool of the Spirit that is available to you. 
so that the spirit within can build you up, edify you afresh, and fill you with more of the spirit. Because that's the sword of the spirit as you wield it. Then someone might ask, well, if you get all this wisdom, how is God's wisdom evidenced in your life? Or how is that to be evidenced in my life? Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. But not only is there no law against such wonderful things, they're the very sign of the order, the beauty that the presence of God's wisdom brings. You see, when the Queen of Sheba looked at Israel, how even the king's servants were, how they were dressed, the harmony in the kingdom between king and subjects, and and she was just bowled over because there was harmony, there was peace. There was joy. There was no lack in the kingdom. It stunned her. And that same wisdom will stun others as it's evidence in your life. And they see what you have and they aspire or desire to have that same joy, that same peace, that same love, that same gentleness, that same self-control. I think that's awesome. And I think it's awesome that God wants to give to every believer the same wisdom that he gave to Solomon. It might be wisdom in your business affairs. Yeah, you can take your decisions to him. Spirit, what do I do? Lord, I need your guidance. It may be wisdom for creativity to come up with that new idea that new way of doing things which speeds everything up which increases productivity whatever it is you need god can provide that wisdom as you fill yourself with the spirit as you walk by the spirit as you live by the spirit well what better time than now to do it i'm going to ask jay if she doesn't to come forward and 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 lead us the, the, from the, if the band would like to just lead us in one of the songs maybe one from um, well, I'll leave that to you actually <laughs> but we're going to use this because we're going to be filled with the spirit and let's pray before we stand and, and ask him for more Lord Jesus Christ, thank you. Thank you for sending us the paracletus, the helper, the counselor, to guide us into all truth, to give us wisdom for day-to-day life. And Lord, as we now intentionally worship you, we say, "Be fill us afresh with the Spirit of God. Fill us to overflowing, that when we leave this place, we're transformed that our mindsets have been shifted, that we desire more of you. That like that senior of 88, we will know that it's never too late to receive the gifts of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus.